Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Started off sort of dark and dreary, and uh, but uh, it's good to see the sun out. But I'm afraid the afternoon's calling for it to turn back bad again. So we're in for some rain. So, but it is good to be in God's house on this Sunday morning. And the dreariness that we experienced early has now turned to sunshine. And it's always sunny and bright in God's house, and we're thankful for that, and we're thankful that we're able to come out and be a part of His uh, worshiping today, and it's to worship the way we want to, and the way that we see a need to do it. Uh, we certainly want to pray for those who are in pigeon folds, uh, the young people who are experiencing a, I hope, a lifetime or a weekend that will change their lifetime or their life and will bring them back to us to where they'll be more uh, dedicated to the church, willing to take more and more of a part. And of course, next Sunday being Youth Sunday will be uh, an opportunity for them to do uh, what they desire to do as far as the worship goes. So, and we want to thank the ones who went, the adults who went to be the chaperones as we Pray for uh, safe travel back to their uh, homes. I guess they'll be uh, breaking up here pretty soon. I believe it goes to about 12 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, so we're thankful for those who did go and uh, wish them uh, a happy and good religious weekend. As we get ready to go into our service, uh, I visited Tobe, uh Wednesday, Thursday. Anyway, I had, I had to take the dog to the groomer, so uh, I went by the uh, nursing home, saw Toad. He's uh, still not doing real well, uh, still losing weight, or says he's not eating good, uh, and uh, still he's still not in the good spirit that he used to be, but he's still holding his own. And then I stopped by room 109. Catherine is in room 109, uh, Jackson. Uh, and uh, she was telling me that uh, she lives in Rogersville now and hopes to. I believe she said this was on uh, Thursday. And she said she hoped to be able to get out on Wednesday. I assume that would be maybe this coming Wednesday. Does anybody know what she's in there for? I, I, she didn't say that I didn't ask her. But anyway, she talked about she'd been out by here and saw the uh, Fellowship Hall and how nice she thought it was and said she hoped to eventually maybe get to come back and be with us on Sunday mornings. And uh, she told me before he dropped off by when I went to see Uncle Tom, mm -hmm. I talked to her and she said, <coughs> I to try to come back to church. Yeah, she said now she doesn't drive. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Maybe somebody could, somebody could bring her. I told her, I said, well, if you, you didn't ride hard right now, I'll come get you. Yeah. Be, uh, but my Uncle Tom, he, he can't talk because the stroke is affected. Is that right? Now, what room is he in? 117. 117, okay. They're doing therapy, and I talked to the therapist, and he said, I'm trying my best, you know, to, you know, if, even if you could just say one or two words. Right, yeah. You know. So, it's bad to see him in that condition. Yeah, it is. Uh, other than the ones that we mentioned about 
over in Pigeon Forge, the youth and the adults, uh, pray for them on their return. I went down here here in Sunday school, but Kathy used to come here, my cousin. Yeah, Kathy. No. She's got a hole in her heart, and she went to, uh, she's in Johnson City. They told her if they did it there, they would have to cut up, cover up. I mean, you know. But they want her to go to Vanderbilt or another hospital somewhere and said they might be able to do it by something. The one, they wouldn't have to cut her up. Okay. So that's a hard decision to make. It I mean, is, yeah. I need to remember her. I oh, praise the Lord. I went yesterday morning down to the medical center and checked my blood. It's 158 over 67. I said, praise the Lord. That's the Lord it's been in months. Well, I so ask you, how long has it been since it's been in that category? It's been months. <laughs> so the main thing now is just get to level off and stay there. So, uh, Are there others? Uh, Peggy, last week was sort of her. Still the same, so just remember Peggy. Uh, well, Matt Coffey, Glenn Coffey, he's opened his shop back up. He's going to try to uh, keep it open one or two days, maybe a week. Glenn? Okay. Yeah, we've got him on our prior. Yeah, uh, so remember Glenn as he uh, gets back and doing some of the things he's been you know, doing. So Others? What about? Remember Alita. Alita? And, uh, and Bob. I was asking how Bob suit was. Bob and his family. Okay. Remember Alita and Bob. Uh, I need to remember our country and the new leaders taking over. Yeah, that we would come together and uh, work together. Preacher is a man that lived in his community for a long time, and he has been missing ever since last Tuesday. Who's that? Donnie Wilder. Donnie Wilder? Donnie Wilder. I was just praying that uh, they'll be able to find him and find him. Ron, is that Wild Man's brother? Yeah. Yeah. I know. He's right straight across from him. Okay. So let's pray for the Wilder, Donnie Wilder. We worked with Wild Man for several years. Shelton, what about uh, Harrison and Irene in Georgia? He was doing all right yesterday, but I don't know about today. Okay. I had talked to him today. Still remember Harrison and Irene in Georgia? She's still. About like she was. I mean, okay, so remember her. Tom, you still. Doing okay? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, good to. Others? Any unspoken? Let's go, Lord. Almighty Father, as we again assemble here in your sanctuary, and as we come this morning to worship and praise you and to give thanks for all the blessings in this life that you have given to each one of us. And Father, we look to you each day for all of the blessings, the joys, and things that you would have us, you would have us to do as we 
come to you and just as we rise, ask you to lead us through the day. And Father, we know that you are with us. Each step we take, you take with us. And we're just thankful that we know and can depend on you to be with us each and every day. Father, we lift up again today the names of these loved ones. Some are maybe new to our list. Some have been on our prayer chain for several days and weeks. And we still, Father, place them today into your loving care. We know that each name we lift up, you hear the name, you hear the need that is opposite, and we know that you answer each and every prayer request according to your will and according to your schedule. So, Father, we're thankful today that it is you who is in charge, and we can come to you any time, any hour, any day, and we know that we have an ear uh, straight to you, and you hear and you respond. We ask that you would continue to bless this church, this congregation. We're thankful for the young people who went this weekend to Pension Forbes to the uh, resurrection. We are uh, thankful for the adults who was willing to give their time to go and to be the chaperone for them, to make this weekend possible for them. Now, Father, as they come back to our church and as they conduct the services next Sunday, we just ask that you would continue to bless and strengthen them and their activity here in the church and help them to be more uh, more of a part of the activity and the doings of this church as they grow and become familiar with the workings of the church and what needs to be done. And just grow them, Father, into these positions. And uh, as they uh, take the place of us older people, as we step aside and let them do their share, Father, we just ask that you would bless them in these activities. Now go with us through the service today. Be with us for this coming week. Just leave God and direct us in the way that you would have us to go. For these things, Father, we ask today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, if the ushers come forward, we'll receive our morning tithes and offerings. Father, again today, we bow down to your Son as we give thanks for every blessing, for every joy that we know that he has given to us because he loves us and he cares for us. Now, Father, as we receive this offering, may we do so and able to help someone who is down in their love, having hard times because you have helped us through hard times. You have done things for us. And we're just thankful, Father, that we are now able to, in turn, help someone through this offering that we are receiving in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
today I will read to you from the 34th chapter of Ezekiel, verses 11 through 16. Starting with verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among the sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places for they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark days. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them among uh, upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in the good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their soul be. There shall be, they shall lie in a good field and in a good fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring them that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessings to reading his word. I titled my message today, God's Own. And I got this idea uh, from a book we get from Cokesbury and the Abingdon Press, all kinds of books that have these morning prayers and calls to worship and little tidbits like this to sort of give you an idea uh, to maybe form a sermon, and this one, particular one, uh, contained a little paragraph about this uh, pastor who said he overheard this little girl ask his mother, uh, or ask her mother, says, Mother, does God believe in us? Does God believe in us? Do we believe in God? Do you believe in God? Uh, we just read there in those verses where he says the things that he's going to do, that he will seek out his people. He will search. He will feed. He will put them up in the high places up on the mountains of Israel by the rivers. He will bring them back into their land, Israel. So he will take care of them. He will do all these things for us. So, if God does these things for us, He created us. We're not here by accident. We're here because God has a plan for each and every one of us. And He's going to lead us to whatever that desired plan may be. And then it's up to us to follow through and to do 
what he has in mind for us to do. So he created us. He sustains us each day as he said he would seek and he would feed his people. So if God does that for us, then does that not prove to us or show us that yes, he does believe in us. He's putting his faith and trust in us. So it's, it's up to us to follow through. Because would he do all of these things for us if he didn't have any faith and trust in us? If he didn't believe in us? Would he have sent his son down from heaven to take the form of a human to suffer all of the troubles and atrocities that go with the sufferings of humankind? That's that right there is sign enough that he believes in us and is willing to do for us if we will then in turn return that belief, return that favor back to him and his son. Because verse 11 there started out saying that I, even I, will both search and seek my people. So we know that he he is there for us. He is willing to help us. He is reaching out to us. He came to us. And that's all that needs to be said. He is reaching out to us. Now it's up to us to reach out and receive the gift that is freely offered, freely given, the gift of salvation. And as I told them a while ago, you know, the gift of salvation is so simple, so plain, sometimes it's hard to believe or consider that it's that simple, that easy for us to accept Jesus Christ. But then we've got to stop and think, well, why would God want to make his salvation plan so complicated that it would eliminate people. So that's why simply all we have to do is believe in Jesus Christ, reach out and accept his free gift, and just ask him into our hearts, into our lives to forgive us, to change us, and make us into the new person. Now what could be more simpler than that? Why does it have to be complicated? And why does, or why do, so many people refuse to reach out and grab hold of this free gift? I passed a church the other day on their marquee outside and said, Christ is the greatest gift ever given. So why, why are we, or why are so many, reluctant to reach out and turn this gift down or not accept this gift? It also went on to say that there was a bumper sticker they saw on a car that said, Be patient with me. 
God isn't finished with me yet. And that's true. We're not perfect. Never will be. So you could say that we are a constant object of being pruned and worked on and maintained every day. That's, that's life. That's, what's, that's the way God has it planned. That he is to be with us each and every day, working with us, improving us, taking care, repairing, removing all of the thoughts, all of the things that we need to be rid of. So he's constantly working each and every day. And I told them about Pleasant Hill when we was at Romeo years ago. There was a family there, the, the Martins. They moved into the area and they traveled in the summertime throughout Florida and places to these campgrounds singing and taking the word of God. And that's what they did. They, they depended upon God to provide for them. They didn't have a job, uh, but they depended upon people and these campgrounds supported them. And they had three children. I think it was three now. Uh, and they were just real small. And they would always sing a song called God's Still Working on Me. And that's true. He's working on us every day to correct and to straighten out our thoughts and our misgivings. So just remember be patient and let God have his way. Let him do the corrections that need to be made each day. And we'll have a more pleasant, more abundant life. So, if this is what God is doing for us, reaching out to us, seeking us, what do we do? What, what is our reaction? What is, how do we respond? What are we to do, to show, and to take part of this that God is offering to us. Well, if God believes in us, simply we have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that Jesus Christ is our way for salvation, that Jesus Christ is our hope for tomorrow, our hope for the future. So what does that mean? Well, to start with, as I said earlier, God sent his son when he didn't have to, but he sent his son in human form to take on all of the troubles and trials that we encounter each day because he came for one reason, and that was to forgive us. To give us the way out of this world. To give us the way that we can safely reach our home in heaven. He gave us his son as the only way. There's no other way except through Jesus Christ. Many, many times he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that's what God believing in us did 
He gave us an outlet, a way out. If we would only return the belief in his son and what he can do for us. He came to take away our sins, to wash away all of the things that we have done wrong. He went to the cross for you and for me. And as he hung there on that cross, and as the last breath went out of his body, and each drop of blood drained down his side, each drop brought out one more sin from my body, from your body, to finally we were cleansed completely whole, forgiven, and to never be remembered again. Praise God for that. So he died for us. We have to believe that Christ did come to die for us. That that's why he came. Was to offer us our plan of salvation. And we have to accept the fact and believe that he did die on that cross. Then we have to go to the third day and we have to believe that yes, he rose just like he said he would. He told us he would suffer, die, rise. We have to believe that. There's no doubt. Then after that, after he rose on that third day another thing he said that had to happen and we have to believe it to be true that he ascended back into heaven to be with his father to sit at the right hand he is there today to intercede for each and every one of us Every prayer that we lift up. And that's why we say we don't worry if we mess up. Maybe we get the words all out of whack and juggle them up and it don't make much sense. But Christ is sitting there at his right, at the right hand of his Father and he's serving as our English teacher. He's putting all the nouns and verbs and everything in the proper order to warn that no matter how we mess it up, he makes it say exactly what we intended. So we don't have to worry that we're going to mess up or we're going to maybe not get our message across. So we have to believe that yes, Christ did ascend back into uh, heaven to be with his father. But, he said, I won't leave you. I'll, when I leave you, I will give you a comforter. I will leave with you the Holy Spirit. And we know Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and filled people and they got to talking in a strange languages. 
People thought they were drunk. They were drunk. They were drunk with the Holy Spirit. And that's when Peter you know, made his uh, pronouncement and made his speech. So we have to believe that Christ is in heaven today waiting for us, interceding for us, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. But then we have to believe that when he told us that when he was to go away, he says, I'm going away, but I'm going for a special reason. That is to prepare a home for you. That where I am, there you may be also. And we have to believe that as part of God's family, as God's own chosen, that that home is there for us when our time here comes to an end. Then our time in heaven just begins. And it will never end. And it's all through the believing that God has in us by accepting His Son and doing what He would have us to do. That we are assured that this life isn't in vain. That this life has promise, a purpose. This life has no end. Death isn't the end. Death is the beginning. Where it begins is up to each and every individual. They've got two choices. Let's hope more and more will make the right choice to choose to spend eternity with God instead of with the devil. But that's the thing God gives to us is the right to make a choice. It's our choice. It's each individual's choice. It's where they want to spend eternity. God believing that we will choose him. I guess the devil hoping we would choose him. So as we weigh all of the situation, then let's put our faith and trust and believe in Jesus Christ as the answer to our future as the eternity that we desire to spend. So as we come to experience this religious connection, then it it needs to be verified by us exhibiting the love of God that He has placed in us by the way that we treat people, the way we handle situations, the way we deal with people, and that we truly show that we have the love of God in our hearts. And if we would just do that, we would see a much better country, a much better population, 
that wouldn't be at each other's throat, wouldn't be in uh, conflict. We would get along. We would we would enjoy each other's presence, each other's company. But it first takes a change in each one of us. We have to come to accept. We have to believe that God put his faith and trust in us that we would accept him, we would accept his son, and then we in turn have to by our faith and by our belief reach out and accept the gift that God is offering to us through his son. I don't know. I'm, you, you stop and think, well how could how could anyone reject or turn down such an offer? And as I've said before, I, I ran for several years. Wasted time. But yet, some people go through a lifetime and they never come around. They doom themselves throughout this life here on earth. And certainly they doom themselves for eternity because the devil doesn't have much in store for them. He doesn't have much to offer. Oh, he has a lot to offer, all right. If they enjoy suffering and torment and that sort of lifestyle, then uh, he has a lot to offer. But why? Why take a chance? Why not reach out to Jesus Christ and say, I accept, I, I believe. I believe everything that the Bible says. I, I believe the Word of God to be infallible, it? that it is my way to live. It is the outline, the blueprint for my life. And I readily adapt, agree, believe it, willing to live by it. So, as we close out today, as we start this new year, let us start this year with a new outlook. Let us build on what we've already established and see if we can't build it even stronger. Add to the things we're doing. Reach out to people that need to hear the word. Do what we can to bring more and more people into the fold. This is a new year. And as we look back on the past year, and we can see some of the shortcomings that we've had. We can decide today to eliminate that, to build upon, to strengthen all of the things that we missed out on last year and commit to doing a better job for Christ 
this coming year. So as we stand to do our invitation on him, the altar is always open. If you have a need, today, for whatever reason, it's, we sing 157. 157. This is your time to tell if you have a need.